expect just a little bit of respect. That's all I want out of this world. Just a little respect. There's a lot of laughing and snorting behind the water cooler. A lot of unkind, snide things have been said about everybody. Almost hardly a day passes, but what, you don't pick up the paper and somebody's saying something rotten about somebody else. It's just constantly going on. Barry Goldwater is being pretty rotten about Rockefeller. Rockefeller obviously is being rotten about Goldwater. And Johnson is going to be rotten about the whole bunch very shortly, and you know that. And, and all I want out of life, and it isn't very much, I think, although it is difficult to attain, I'm afraid, is just a little respect, just a modicum of respect. I, I know that I don't certainly elicit admiration. There's no question about that. Anyone who is reduced to the status of a pure bucolic buffoon in this time and age is not worthy of admiration. Uh, you don't win stars and badges. Nobody puts a gold star on my desk. I, I uh, No, I just would love it just once if Mr. Leader would come by and give, you know, put a little gold star on the desk. Because, you know, two weeks ago he put a gold star on Peggy's desk. Now, I suspect it might be because Peggy here a few months ago said that she was troubled with an ideological problem about having a pet spade. And she went to Cardinal Spellman to ask him about whether or not... Now, now you see, that kind of thing wins stars in our world, and, and I wouldn't have thought about that. I did, you know, I'd have just gone right out. I, of course, uh, there again, on the other hand, I have infidel pets. I have, a, I have a goldfish that has never been baptized, and so naturally... But then uh, it's difficult. I would like to have the call. Just, just now, I don't ordinarily ask for any kind of tenor vocal. That's jazz. Uh, just one. I want to hear one listener who, above everything else, just respects me. And I want it to be, I want, I, I want, honestly, I don't want any, I don't want any funny business, just one. And then just put it right through here when it comes in. And I will, I just want to hear that one person that respects me. And then I will go on. Now, you see, there are two halves of our life. Is, well, how can you, how can you face it the, the way it really is? I, I see, I see in the paper here. And uh, I'm not this kind of, you know, the Mort Saul type comic I see in the paper, funny thing. But, but you do see things. It's, it's going out there. I'm, I'm reading the Times this morning, Ed. And I'm reading about the snowstorm that I have been walking through. And I wonder, well, what is it? Why do I read about a snowstorm that I know more about just by sticking my head out the window? Uh, and I'm reading about it. You see, and I say, tisk tisk, and I'm saying, for heaven's sake, it was cold. And all the while, woo, the wind is howling past. All I've got to do is stick my head out the window, and there it is. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what is this urge in us to read about the world. I mean, it's a pretty wild thing, and there must have been a very big moment in history when one tribe, the three guys, are sitting on the shore, you know, of this antediluvian lake. It must have happened. It absolutely must have happened. These three guys are sitting on the side. Now, you just tell them to wait. If he really respects me, he'll wait. And it's, it better be a chick. I, I, I don't like it. No, it's got to be a chick. I want to be respected by a woman. There's nothing like being respected by a woman, Ed. I've been vilified by women. I've been soothed by women. I've been... Yeah, <laughs> you've been reading about Leo DeRocher. That's a funny story. <laughs> that's, that gets, that's getting 1964's baseball season off to a good running start. I, <laughs> oh, Leo, well, <laughs> plenty of... Plenty of business up there in Middlebury. Well, that's an interesting town. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether you read that story. Well, you know, speaking of funny stories, uh, one of the funniest big league baseball players who ever used to get into a lot of action of that sort was a guy named Jungle Jim Rivera. 
Now, uh, Jungle... <laughs> oh, yeah, Jungle Jim was probably the only guy in Major League history who was ever actually shot at by a father with a shotgun from the right field stands in Comiskey Park. And uh, <laughs> a lot of interesting problems going on. But uh, anyway, I, I pick up the paper, and uh, there's this little thing there. It says... Uh, it's, it's from London. Now, I kind of like London because London, London in many ways, as you know, Carl, has been for a long time considered the citadel of Western civilization. Now, rightly or wrongly, it has been considered, because for one thing, it's the only town I've ever been in that actually had flying buttresses. <laughs> it is a man's town. Well, it depends on how you call man. I don't know whether you've gone to the, to the British theater lately. That, the new kind of man in the British theater. That's a very interesting crew there. But that's another story. In fact, they even they even got up in the in Parliament and argued about it here recently. But so don't be so quick with that. It's a man's town. But nevertheless, London uh, London has a lot of interesting things going. And they had uh, they had these flying buttresses there. Oh, there's a chick who respects me. Well, I don't believe it, but I'll see whether she's a uh, hello, baby. Hello, yes, yes. All right, now, now just uh, wait a minute. Now, now, don't go on to the next thing. She sells insurance, by the way, Lee. She, I see. She's got an idea. She wants to send me insurance. Ed, 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 Ed. I want this lady to say this. Hello, lady. Yes. Would you please say that loudly so that so that sorehead crowd out in Staten Island can hear what you're saying? Would you please say that? I respect you. That's very. Hold it there. Now, don't go any further there. That's known as the. That's known as. Uh, <laughs> That's known as the, the critical uh, scissoring. We, we cut off the rest of what you have to say because it's undoubtedly going to... Uh, yes, yes, what was that, man? Oh, well, thank you. I see, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Now back to the program. Boy, well, now we're back here. It's the, <laughs> we're live. Well, I'm respected by one person. I keeps hitting her head out there, though. She fell off the chair. Well... We're, we're here, and, and uh, I wanted to go on with this thing from London, because uh, I, I, I have a great feeling about things tonight. The two halves of man are constantly bugging us. Uh, there's this one half. Please bring in the suitable music for that half, Ed. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oi, oi, oi. Oh, what, what, why, why, I asked you why. Oh, what have I done to deserve it? Oh, oh, in This is the this is the side, by the way, that causes people to write inscriptions in Latin, in marble. Oh, bring it in! Come on, it. That's it. Sing it out, man. That's it. Belt it out for all of us. Now we all recognize this side. Let's face it. That's right. that echoing through the nave there, bouncing around the flying buttresses. Uh, you you kind of smell musty, you kind of smell musty armor there and, and, and creaky chains that are left over from some long forgotten crusade, crusading for some long forgotten cause. Oh boy. Well, that's the, that's the one side of us, and that is probably the... Uh, the, 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 one of the most operative sides, there's no question about it, this side is very potent. And then there is the other side, if we may point out. All together, gang, let's go. Well, I'm the sheik, the sheik of Arabi. 
My love belongs to you. Oh, some night when you're asleep, sleep, sleep. Into baby, your tent hall, oh, I'll creep, 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 creep. There you have it. There you have it. The A and the Z, the Alpha and the Zeta of our world. It's on one hand, you've got the flying buttresses. Now, now, how did this come about, and how do we wrestle this devil to the ground if we can? How does a man, how does a man, now, now the, the subject of tonight's program is this. We'll have to put it in. Good night, Carl. The subject of tonight's program, Carl is one of the few men I know who has honest to John style, you know? He really has style. He does not limp through life. Not Carl. Well, you can see why he's a commander. You know, he really can't. Of course, I've known a few corporals with style, but it was a different style. Now, while we're on the subject of this, this, these two sides of existence, please give us a a uh, a replay on side A, please. Let's hear it. Now, side Z, a quick replaying, a quick recap to just touch on the highlights. <laughs> side A could roughly be called the, oh, why, why, why side, and the side that we just played for you, or the side Z, is the whoopee side or the lampshade on the top of the head side on Saturday night after four gallons of near beer. Now, uh, <laughs> now, why? here we've got these two sides. No other animal that we know of anywhere, no other animal, has this kind of range of concern or consideration or even involvement or, or uh, perhaps even reaction to the cosmos in which it lives. How about that for a nice... nice uh, no, I don't want any more. No, 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 no more calls. No, stop calling because you get the operators very mad. They have to stop watching television and everything and uh, talking to their friends. So, so please don't call. I, don't, I just wanted one listener to call and, and it reassure me that there was one person who, who, uh, who actually did respect me. Now, that person said that she respected me, but it kind of killed a little bit because just as she said she respected me, I heard her fall off her chair, and she knocked over the goldfish ball, and I could hear people yelling in the background and guys hitting each other with beer bottles. And, you know, it wasn't quite the right thing, but the, the spirit was right. All right, now, let's... No more calls. Stop calling. No more. No more. Stop calling. I don't want to... I cut it out now. I'm... I'm no more telephone calls. Please. Stop. All right? That is definite. Stop. Because you see, one person called to say they respected me, and eight million other called to say what they thought of me, and it was just a terrible, rotten thing happened here. <laughs> we don't need that now, okay? All right, now you stay there. You stay there, I'll stay here. Fine. Hey, I said, you stay there, we'll stay here. That's enough. Now we've got these two sides, and uh, they're in each one of us. There's no question about it. And there are certain cities, and this, this is the thing that, that, that intrigues me. There are certain cities that somehow have become devoted to one or the other side of this, this slice right down the middle of man. There are certain cities that somehow reflect 
each one of those sides more completely than the other. Now, I will, I will have to say right beforehand that in every city, as in every family, as in every man, you will find both of these sides operative. But you have noticed, and I have certainly noticed, that, that some guys have somehow been able to either convince themselves that they don't have this side. This, they have been able to convince themselves of this, or they have marched through their entire existence somehow ignoring it, even though it's like a little nagging bad tooth somewhere in the back of the mouth. It twinges occasionally. When it does twinge occasionally, they, they look the other way and they immediately turn on the television or they turn up the radio very loud or they, or they drink another beer or they run out and hail a cab. Now, uh, no, this, this side pursues you. Now, the other side, and, and then here, here, we're just a little bit, Eddie. There. Quack, 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 wah, wah. All right, now, this side somehow is, is exactly the same way. I know people who all of their lives, Ed, have, have been very embarrassed by the fact that there is a very small, raucous, ribald jazz band somewhere down around their spleen playing an obscene tune. And, and blowing it out with a comb that has tissue paper on it, you know, and guys are blowing nose flutes and honking away. No, 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 the other Eddie there, you know, honking it away down there. And this tall, thin, distinguished lady with rimless glasses and silver hair, who is the pillar of the Baptist Temperance League, has this little band down somewhere near her pancreas blowing it out. Wow, 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 This has caused many a lady uh, and many a, a very distinguished, tall gentleman. This has caused them uh, no end of trouble. Uh, both sides. Now, now, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question now, and this is a question that has has always bothered me. How does a person decide which side he is going to suppress? In other words, how did this tall, skinny lady with the silver hair and with the rimless glasses, at what point in her life did she decide that this side, this side here, was the side that represented the real her? Now, how, how, how did she decide that? What caused her to decide that? Now, of course, the psychologists and the, the uh, psychiatrists will go through all kinds of convolutions and evolutions attempting to reach that point where she made the decision, when all the while, you see, th this thing that is blowing and honking real quietly, real, real quiet, and he just honking, just blowing away, honking all of her life till her last day. She goes to confession every Friday and tries to expunge that little band. And by Wednesday, they're blowing again loud and clear. And that big fat guy with the derby hat has just contributed four and a half million dollars to the Harvard Serious Reading Library and Medical Research Fund to try to get rid of this little band. And it's blowing it away there. Guys spend a lot of time trying to do stuff about orphans and widows. And all the while, oh... Speaking of orphans, widows, and other sad... This is W-O-R-A-M at FM, New York. Now the, now, the question I raise here 
is since it is quite evident that we have both of these little bands playing inside of us, one droning out the, the, the great echoing clauses and semicolons and the great hooked phrases of the, of the Latin archivists screaming and bellowing through the nave and hoping that the bats of lost and past gone and seriously deprived echoing winters of the long ago will somehow be expunged from us, but at the same time we love to be honked and yelled and screamed at, and all the while the flying buttresses of history... No, no, that ain't the flying buttress. <laughs> all right, all here, good. Now, now, here is really the way... That's right, Ed, now you were coming to that. I, I, I propose that, that, that within every man, that little, that little uh, jazz band or that little thing, that little inner monologue, that song, that, 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 uh, that thing, what is it? Uh, who knows? What is it? It's uh, life, whatever that thing is. That, that as you look around and you look at all the tents and the teepees and you look at the cliffs and you look at the clouds and the skies, you look at the movies and you look at the fist fights and you look at the other people and you look at the milk bottles and you look at the cars and the fire hydrants, and you finally arrive at a certain point where that song begins to build up in your soul. It, and it's been influenced by a billion things, millions and millions of things, cigar butts. It's been influenced by, by parties. It's been influenced by people and fragments of conversations. Eventually, within your soul, whatever that thing is, what is it? They call it the soul. It's been called a million things. Uh, it's been called, uh, almost every civilization has a name for it. And many civilizations that aren't civilizations have names for it. They just, it's the thing there. It's the thing that's inside of you. Now, I, uh, I know that by, by, I'd say by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, again, I will be knee-deep in tracks. But uh, every time you mention a few key words, you the, uh, friendly ladies send me these things to straighten me out with illuminated pictures in pastel shades. And... Uh, with with the uh, reading uh, notes on the bottom that where I should read further, <laughs> and, and uh, nevertheless the facts remain that this thing, this thing within us, this this uh, strange haunted thing which has gone echoing throughout history, it, it must have been the great moment in evolution, the really great moment. This is probably the time that man was created, literally, uh, when out of all the mists and the, uh, the long, twisting, labyrinthine past of evolution, when that first creature that, w that presaged us, that was us, really, that first creature, no matter how it looked, with scales on it, with funny little ears and claws on its feet, uh, when that first creature began to hear this strange song, began to, this thing, whatever it was, it looked around and, and a little band began to play inside of it. All the other creatures just sort of look, you know. They 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 have uh, they have no band. Uh, they they do they do not have the capability of ecstasy nor profound depression. They do not have the capability of wild exultant flights of fancy, and of the uh, no animal that we know of knows about say such a concept as committing suicide. There's no animal that that. Uh, in fact, it has been said by some. Some uh, psychologists and philosophers, too, that the most uh, civilized act or the most human act, by that uh, we have to define the human act, but the most human act that man has ever done is to end his life by his own hand. No other animal knows of this. Other animals will crawl off into a corner and die, 
But they do it out of, an, uh, out of an instinct, some kind of an instinct that has nothing whatsoever to do with their will. They, they do not will themselves to crawl into a corner and die. The lemming does not will himself to run down to the sea and swim out towards the Bering Ocean. He, he just doesn't do this. But man, in the middle of the afternoon, sitting next to the water cooler, will decide, I'm going to stop the jazz band. I'm going to stop this, this, this terrible, haunting... This, this echoing cry, this, this thing that keeps bouncing back and forth from up there, somewhere near the, the upper recesses of the nave. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. And he does. This is, a, this is an interesting concept. And, and, and so there must have been a moment in past history, some prehistory, of course, not history, but prehistory. There must have been a moment in time when a very, very, very faint song, a very faint song, uh, again, I'm using the term song to kind of describe very uh, tangentially and almost parabolically to describe this funny thing that's going on within all of us, you know? And, and it must have been the very faint, the, the, the faintest of sounds. This thing is crawling around in the mud and all of a sudden... What's that? It's looking out over the lake. And for the first time, it hears some notes. For God's sakes. Symbolically, he utters. At that moment, by the way, the first religion was also born, I might point out. And then it fades out. It fades out for a while. And he limps around for maybe six or seven months. And, and one day, on a spring afternoon, when the sun is beating down, he is thinking of nothing. He crawls up on a rock, when suddenly, very faintly... What? He sticks his neck up higher. His eyeballs suddenly bulge. There's a slight widening of the pupils. A faint song is coming from that chest. He looks around. The sun is tickling him on the scales. Whoo! His tail flicks once or twice. He looks over at the next rock, and there on the next rock is another creature of like ilk. This creature, too, has felt the sun beating down on its scales. This female creature has felt the sun beating down. Her eyeballs are bulged. Her mouth slightly ajar, and the first whoopee party was born. And at that moment, the first sin was truly conceived. Up to that point, it had not been sin, but instinct. Ten minutes, ten minutes later, somehow intertwined with the first song, intertwined with the first song, both of them together. Our creature is now lying on the rock and he keeps hearing. He looks over at that chick over there on the next rock. You now have the first beginnings of what we now call today the conscience. The jazz band is playing. The guys are singing in the nave. Which way do you turn? Which way do you go? Oh, 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 oh.
Which way do I go? Twenty minutes later, the cornerstone is laid for the first cathedral, which at that time consisted of, of seven rocks and a small stick of wood and a large empty log. <laughs> and it began over and over, and it's been, it's been going on. Now, now the question I, I would like to, to ask here, though, that, that has, has really, has really uh, interested me for a long time, is when do we make that decision? Where do we decide? Because it is quite obvious from just looking around, there are whoopee people and there are the gothic people. Now, whoopee people can be born in a gothic family. You know, I'll tell you, I have a friend, and, and uh, it, does not, it is not necessary to go into names, but, but I have two friends who come from the same family, absolutely the same background to a T, identical as close as two people can be. They both happen to be creative people. One is creative in, 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 in a way that is diametrically opposed to the other. One is a, is a, is a great uh, a religious artist. He is a tremendous work in, 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 in truly dedicated religious art. The other is also an artist, but his art celebrates that, that, that jazz band, his art celebrates without question the jazz band all the way, all the way. It just celebrates it. And then the other guy, the other man, celebrates without, without any question, one side. These two men come from exactly the same families. And one said to me, he said, we only discuss technique. If we ever discussed the real things, we could never talk to each other ever again. And I say this is true of each one of us inside of ourselves. I really do. I say that the mingling of these two sides has produced a, a, a schism, a cut, between one half and the other half of us that will never, ever be resolved, ever. And everybody's got it, no matter how... No matter how uh, how wild, no matter how much of a swinger a guy is, there is somewhere, someplace, somebody is singing a very, 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 very profound, gothic, almost, yes. And it bugs them. Oh, it really bugs them. I'll tell you, this, 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 is, this bugs people. I, I, I knew a guy, I, well, let me tell you, I knew a... I knew a guy who, who uh, of course, you have to, re again, always refer to life, the life you knew. And I, I knew a man who ran a, a giant gambling casino. This guy was, by any odds, the, one of the most worldly swinging types I've ever known. This guy, this guy, you know, you hear about sailors with, with a chick. Listen, this guy had a chick in every phone booth. He didn't, he didn't mess around with ports for crying out loud. This guy had everything going for him, literally everything. I mean... He was, he was everything that all the Playboy readers could conceive of being in their wildest dreams. This guy was doing it all the way. He owned gambling tables, he owned airplanes, the whole thing. Well, at about, uh, at about, I would say at about pretty nearly the peak of his career, when everything was swinging, one night he was found dead. He had done it. Yeah. He, 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 he had done it, and, and no one could figure out why. Well, <laughs> I think there were, there were a lot of reasons why. I think, 
I think one of the most important reasons is that thing, whatever it was, that thing. Now, on the other hand, I can, I can take you to the other side. I know, I, I, uh, this, this, is a, this is a person that I knew, too, another one. A person who, um, the ending was a little different. This guy was one of the most dedicated, one of the most involved uh, religionists I've ever known. Uh, and in fact, so much so that he spent most of his time writing about it, uh, con uh, talking to people, he, he gave lectures, he, he was really, uh, he, was, he was close to being a religious fanatic. Well, I do not have to tell you what this guy did. He did not commit suicide. When he was, he was at, in fact, had his own church. And at this point, he, he was doing a radio broadcast. He was really deeply involved. A very, very, he was not Elmer Gantry, by the way. This guy was real. In fact, so real that he gave up a very successful career in another field to become this. Well, he was swinging along like this and he dedicated, he had a flock. He had a tremendous flock, and one day, out of the clear blue sky, this guy disappeared. Just disappeared. Well, about four or five months later, a few of his very close friends found out to where and whence he had disappeared. This guy, <laughs> you don't want to hear where he disappeared, do you? Well, what happened was he decamped with a 17-year-old chick who was one of the people... Well, to make a long story short, he is a successful businessman now in Tijuana. He is not selling exactly religion. However, he likes to think that he is doing something for those who need it. Uh, it's an interesting story. But now, no, no, no. It, it's so, so you've, got, you've got these two things battling all the way down the line. Uh, and, and no one can quite defeat them. Now, now we don't want to concede this. Now, I, I'm sure that, that, that there are a lot of people who would believe that there are mortals on this earth who do not have that tiny jazz band, who, who do not have this, who, who, uh, who are all the way pure and simple and good, right down to their, right down to their tennis shoe souls. And, and there are people, simple souls, who will, who will become very angry at this broadcast and who will write in screaming bloody murder that you can talk for yourself, you rotten so-and-so, but not me. And, of course, betraying in every line that they've got not only a jazz band going, but they've also got a band going that carries small lugers in their pocket. You know? And that band is just going, and, and it's very hard to, to knock it out. Now then, now then. I'm sure that there is, there, there probably there, there is, is one out of nine hippies who I know who would, who would just absolutely flip if you told them that somewhere deep down inside of them there is this gigantic, this, this echoing nave. <laughs> you know? And they're all trying to expunge it. Everyone is trying to expunge conscience today. They're working awfully hard at that, really. Uh, this is this is a difficult thing. That's called guilt today, and as you know, guilt is a very bad word. Guilt is a word that that more and more we're we're, we're practically dropping from our language, and we're working very hard to do it. But yet those guys keep singing in the nave, singing those gothic, those those great rolling Latin phrases. <laughs> it's a very hard time. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult scene. Um, and so it, it, leads to, it leads to all kinds of, uh, of uh, 
of, uh, of events that, that are not necessarily uh, pure and clean in their, their event, their actual happening. But looking carefully at it, one can see shadows. For example, here's a guy. Now, I'd just like to, to quote this guy. What was pursuing this guy? You know that the, that the, uh, the Romans, wasn't it the Romans or was it the Greeks? Somebody said that in, it was either the Romans or the Greeks, that in wine there is truth. Now, they were not, that, that's quite the opposite of what we believe here in this country, because we like to believe people are inherently good and beautiful. That when some guy gets all tanked up and starts screaming and yelling that he's going to go down and blow up BBDNO, and that he wants to kill Miss Gutstop down on the, in the record file department, and he's, he's yelling and screaming, they say, well, don't worry, he doesn't mean it, he's drunk. I'm sorry, that's the first time in 19 years he has said what he thought. And of course, everyone prefers to look the other way and walk towards the Christmas tree slowly, carrying their eggnog at port. Well, now, now here, here is an example of, of, of uh, I think, what is a significant little item. In wine there is truth. Remember that. And then listen to this. This is from London. William Eggleston, 44, told police that a werewolf chased him into a hedge. He was fined $5.60 yesterday for drunkenness. Now, what is it that chased him in the hedge class? I ask you, I, 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 I want you to repeat that after me. What is it, class, that chased William Eggleston, 44, in London into a hedge while drunk? <laughs> now, most of us would say that when, when old Eggleston is drunk, obviously uh, he's drunk and cannot be held responsible for what he sees. I disagree with you. I say that only at the time when Eggleston is drunk will Eggleston see what is always chasing Eggleston. And the minute that Eggleston is tanked up, the werewolf starts chasing him. <laughs> Literally. Now, now, now uh, look up werewolf, and you will see that the werewolf, in one way or another, has been chasing you for a long time. But Eggleston announces it to the court. And so, naturally, Eggleston is, is, is fined 560 for drunkenness. But nevertheless, the werewolf is there. Now, now, the werewolf takes many forms. For example, it can sing down deep in your soul, see? Yes. Chased by a werewolf into a hedge in London. Eggleston was fined for drunkenness. Well, now let's take another scene here. Now, now listen to this one. Now, this is also London. Civil servant Norman Sutherland, 19, went mad with liquor and tried to break up London Country Hall with his tightly rolled black umbrella. A court was told Tuesday. Police said Sutherland, and we quote here the police record, smashed dozens of window panes with his umbrella, broke an umbrella against the telephone, smashed the telephone then after tearing it from the wall, dropped the fire extinguisher over two balconies, and then systematically broke all the dishes. It was nothing but an orgy, the judge said. I always thought that looking from the outside, the county hall was a civilized sort of place. I thought wrong. I mixed my drinks, Sutherland said. Oh, yeah? Sutherland was trying to duck out. Well, as a matter of fact, Sutherland probably did the only honest thing that Sutherland will ever do, in the sense that Sutherland always has had this thing. And that now, now I'm not, again, you see, I, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate for honesty for its own sake. 
That's another interesting problem today. We like to think that if a man has a secret desire to kill his mother-in-law, and he goes out finally and does it, that he should be applauded by be, because he's been honest now. He's really been honest, and at last he's, he's, he's been honest, and you can't fault a man for honesty. But you can't fault a man for killing his mother-in-law. See, no one's arguing whether he was honest or not. And this, this confusion constantly exists in today's fight. Now, now, I wonder how many people listening tonight are, are leaders in the fight to expunge that one loaded word from our language. G-U-I-L-T. That is a loaded word. Now, in many ways, now, how, how, what is the best way to expunge? One of the best ways to expunge guilt is to loudly proclaim other people as having probably the full share of it. In short, uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the most uh, active ways today to, to, to get rid of that little orchestra that's uh, singing or that little group of, uh, of, <laughs> of Latin Gothic carolers that are working in the nave there, that uh, one of the best ways to expunge them is to claim that all the other people around you are truly the guilty. This is, a, this is an active way. Now, then, there's, there's another way, too, to expunge the word guilt, and that, this is probably the most active way, is to define uh, guilt as good, to define it as something else, to refer to guilt, let us say, as, as, a, as an old Victorian morality problem. In short, put it down. Uh, I, 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 you know, just put it down. And, and I, wonder, I wonder if it's that easy. I really wonder if it is that easy. Now, I'm not raising the question that there might be, and this is, a, this is another thing, too, that, that has bothered people, is the word absolute standard. And yet, I wonder if there is an absolute standard that we cannot fight against. In short, that it makes no difference what we do. There is always that orchestra playing, the guys that are playing uh, the whoopee music, and there is always the crowd that is singing the Latin music in there, and that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we write calendar slogans, no matter how hard guys editorialize, no matter how much Dr. Spock works, no matter how many people work to try to expunge the sound of that orchestra playing, that there is no hope of doing it. And in fact, the more you work, the more shrill it becomes. Has that ever occurred to you? You know that many people would like to raise, it's a, it's a particularly interesting syndrome among parents, that parents today are, are very hip to that feeling, that, that, that word where they say they don't want a child to feel guilt. They don't want a child to feel guilt. That's a big, a big gimmick, a big thing. No guilt. And yet, I, I, I would like to ask you, well, how, can you, how can you prevent a child from feeling guilt? When I, 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 I maintain that even the moment that a child is born, that orchestra starts. He looks around, and, and, the, and, that, and those guys start singing up there somewhere, way up near the spire someplace, in that, that tiny cathedral that is located next to that very small kidney it starts to it starts to play now now uh, a parent will will uh, will often try as hard as he can to silence that now, i don't know whether he can or not I, i'm curious and yet when when the kid grows up to a certain point certain age he makes a choice I, I've, I've found this always to be true parents will say i don't know where he got it i have no idea where 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 he got this i have no i know i have no idea where he got it all of a sudden this kid who's been the leading light in the in the sunday school this kid who has combed his hair straight back with brilliantine 
This kid who always had his glasses polished and always bought limbless ones when asked. This kid who wore high top black shoes and always wore garters on his sneakers. This kid all of a sudden. All right, there it goes, you know, and, and, and they go out of their skull because you see there are parents that are trying to do the opposite. They are trying to expunge that little whoopee band in the kid they, because they've always been bugged by it themselves. Now, I, I have known exactly the opposite. I will never forget this crowd of, of rousters that I knew. I knew a crowd of, of, of real insane people in our neighborhood. There was a group of people who had a still, <laughs> literally had a still under their garage door. It was, it, was, it was hidden under the place where your car was parked, where they had the grease rack, and they had a, they had a still going there. This was a, a raggle-taggle gypsy bunch, if I, ever knew, if I ever heard of a crowd like that. The kids never went to school. There were fistfights on Saturday nights down there. They had old wrecked automobiles in the backyard. They collected bottles and filled them, by the way. They didn't only just collect them. And, and they, it was just a roustering, wild, swinging crowd. And nobody in the neighborhood had anything to do with them. It was the one crowd that was totally beyond the pale in our neighborhood. You could walk past their house on any given clean spring day and you could smear, you could smell home brew and corn whiskey for like 150 yards. You could hear giggles and snide remarks and people doing awful things in the hedges and they, you know, hedges, they had weeds in the yard and the, even the dogs were rotten. Let me tell you that dogs, oh boy, what a, what a swinging bunch. Well, there was, there was a, the kid that was about a year older than I was named Frank. I will not tell you their last name. This kid, all of a sudden, one day, out of the clear blue sky, that giant crowd, in the nave, no, Eddie, no, I knew you'd louse it up. <laughs> all of a sudden, in a clear blue sky, this kid comes home with a funny look on us. This is the truth. This guy got what they call religion. Now, where he got it, no one knows. I'm telling you the truth. This kid, uh, uh, coming home from, from school or something, got, got struck by the lightning bolt. And they thought he was a nut. This guy came into the house, and within, within an hour and a half, the whole family was in an uproar. They were screaming and yelling and hollering. And, and I can hear me out, you know, old, the old man was saying, what are they doing out of the school there? And, uh, they, you know, they, they, they were ruining the kid. Well, the kid was coming home, and obviously he was, he was saying things about the homebrew up in the attic, and he was yelling about the still. He was talking about all the stuff that was going on on Saturday nights. Well, the whole place was in a gigantic turmoil. The family, as a matter of fact, took the kid out of school. I'll tell you the story. They took him out of school. Well, of course, the truant officer came and got him. And now, this very day, that guy is the leading minister in that town. This guy is the leading minister. And he's still as much of a fanatic as ever. His family moved to Kentucky and do not write to him. Now, how do we explain this? <laughs> Both sides of the coin, no matter where you go, those two bands are playing. <laughs>